Seeker Stars! there everybody how are you i am good i'm josiah bland i am good oh i'm grant billings hey grant welcome back to another episode of seekers start and if we sound a little bit better here's why because we're we got money i just bought stuff we we got money yeah so we uh we invested into our podcast a little bit Hashtag tax return 2021. Hashtag stimmy check. Ooh. I did not use any of my <laughs> stimulus check for anything related I didn't to this either. podcast. I didn't either. My entire stimulus check went to bills and my honeymoon. <gasps> honeymoon. Honeymoon. Dude, that's, coming up. that's coming up. That's coming up. I got to get my passport like stat. Yeah, you're not getting it. Yeah, COVID. Well, yeah, well. COVID. Also get it. You're not getting it. COVID's not even real. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. Uh, Seeker start added to the cancel list. Yeah, we're What's canceled. up, Pepe Le Pew? Well, uh, what you guys are about to hear, we did an interview with one of my, oh, one of our. One of our. Yeah. One of our great, great friends um, and mentors in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, he is a person that has helped us both out in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I got a chance to go, and you'll hear in, the, in a second where we are. I don't have to really get into that, but... We, we, we went over discipleship, the who, what, when, where, why, and how of discipleship. Yeah, and just kind of opening those things up because I think a lot of people have this view of discipleship as like this very formal, we have to sit down, we have to go through a book of the Bible, and it's got to be structured like this, this, and this. And um, yeah, Chris does an excellent job of just opening that up and, and explaining all of those, answering all those questions about discipleship. Yeah, and he's, as you guys will hear, he's one of the, like, he has the greatest voice for podcast radio voice like he needs to be and he has a perfect tv face too yes if i had known better i would have asked him to do this podcast with me and not you <laughs> i wouldn't have blamed you that is if he would have went out and bought a roadcaster pro <laughs> <laughs> anyways without further ado this is the interview we hope you enjoy it we are here with chris bennett chris how are you i'm well sir how are you I'm doing very well and uh we got grant on zoom right now yeah, we're we're quite a quite a distance away from each other on this one. Yeah, I am in uh, Texas visiting a great brother and uh, and sister and other sister and other brother and family dog. It's a fleet of them. Yeah, it's been a a great time. I'm here in Texas. What's the what's the exact city you live in, Chris? Midlothian. Midlothian always sounds like a dragon or some sort of demon monster. Yeah, really? was, Do you think so? Kind of Lord of the Rings esque there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I thought Aragon was bad. You're saying Midlothian is worse? Well, I'm thinking of like Leviathan and like... Behemoth. Behemoth. Yeah. Sounds Midlothian. Could right. just be thrown right in there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just chilling with, with them. They they were so gracious. They flew me out here and got to spend some time. A really good time. It's fantastic so. to see you in person and in a virtual Grant Billings. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Much yeah, more, he's much more actually, distinguished in uh, in person, actually. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Billings, I, I look and sound much better up close, but not too close. <laughs> yeah, too close. <laughs> you, know, you know, but yeah. So, um, Chris, we are um, we had this idea talk about discipleship, right? And I thought you would be great um, a great person to come on the podcast to talk about this, since you're uh, you're one of the people that have really helped me, right? Um, 
little young Josiah who's crazy and super cage stage Calvinist <laughs> had to find uh, some balance, right? Right. So, um, yeah. So we're kind of we're going to jump right into this, um, Chris. What what would you say is discipleship? What is that? What is the definition? Um, would you say biblically? Yeah, disciple is an interesting word, and if you look at the whole of Scripture, which I strongly encourage everyone to do, um, you know, Scripture is far more than uh, what you see on a coffee mug at Hobby Lobby. So it's deeper and richer than the, just that. And and remember, I can do all things through a verse out of context. <laughs> that's that's dangerous theology, right? So stay away from that. But disciple is a word that is. Um, used primarily in the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Outside of that, in the New Testament, it doesn't appear at all. And in the ESV version of the Bible, it only appears once in the uh, Old Testament, and that's in Isaiah. So when you think about discipleship, and you really, if you want to learn about that, you learn about it primarily in the Gospels. But you can learn about it in action from uh, the Apostle Paul's letters. And you can see that a lot in how he... Um, discipled those who, um, in the church and specifically with Timothy, you know, that's, that's a great example of that. Mm. But when you think about discipleship, when I think about discipleship specifically, I think about, um, what Jesus said and what Jesus said to his disciples was follow me. Mm. If you look at, uh, specifically the example of Peter in Matthew, I think it's four nineteen. he says, um, uh, follow me, you know, and Peter dropped everything, left it all, and followed Jesus. And interestingly, he kind of bookended that. The last thing that's recorded that uh, Jesus said to Peter was, follow me. I'm sorry, I'm banging the cord no, around. No, you're good. You're My good. lack of professionalism here. No, it's okay. It's our, it's our fault. <clears throat> don't have stands. The lack I don't of know stands. how it's our fault, but, you know, it's fine. It's my, I'm it's, here. it's my fault. I'll take it. I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> I'll take the blame. Yeah, the, the microphone stands are actually with Grant, so I'm going to say it's his fault. I'm holding them as I use my uh, as I use my laptop and no microphone. Awesome. Well, now that we're completely off track and I've lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I will sit back further from the camera. Um, so anyway, as I was saying, um, it's it's interesting that when Jesus called his disciples, he said, "Follow me." And when he said, "Follow me," and thinking about what he said to Peter. Um, those two different occasions, they were said differently, I think. I think the first time when he said, follow me, um, it was with the intent of him leaving behind and learning from Jesus. The second time he said, follow me, at the end of his ministry, before um, he went to, uh, you know, up in heaven, he, uh, he said, follow me again. And with that, the intent is that you stay close to me. Because if you remember shortly before that, um, Jesus was going to his crucifixion, and Peter had denied him three times. So there's a difference there. There's a difference between learning the time of learning, and there's a time of closeness. And I think that when we think of um, being disciples, um, that's the way we need to think of it, is learning from Jesus and staying close to him. Mm, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, so I, guess I, I, got, I just had a question pop in my head. So you, you've helped me a lot, right? Um, and I know you would say, oh, well, you've helped me too, but you've helped me. I don't know that I would say it like that. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I think about discipleship too, and not to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. Um, 
when you think of being um, discipling, I think that um, every Paul needs a Timothy um, and every Timothy needs a Paul. But I think those roles can switch too. Mm -hmm. I think that there are times when a Paul um, is working with a Timothy could then take on a, a role of a Timothy and learn from the Paul. So I think that uh, discipleship is not always one way. It's two ways. Mm. So I'm glad that through the Holy Spirit, I've been able to help you. And remember that I've got nothing to give of my own. It's all from God. Mm -hmm. And if the Holy Spirit chooses to use me in your life, I think that's fantastic. But he's used you in my life as well. See, Chris is getting us emotional over here. Oh, stop. (laughs) I've got tissues over there. No, but honestly, like, I'm curious as to what that looked like in your life when you were younger. How are you would, and I don't know if maybe, cause I didn't even ask you if you wanted to talk about this or not, but like, how did, what did that look like for you? Like discipleship wise? Well, that's a sore subject and I'll thank you not to ask. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Could be. <clears throat> the, they, uh, they beat Jesus into me. <laughs> they just keep <laughs> beating it into me. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> wow. Did you pay extra for the can't laughs? Oh, that's so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad. It, if no one else is entertained, Mr. Bland is. Oh, the Grant was like, hey, Grant's entertained. Oh, okay. On. He's got We're it. I love, as... I love the laugh track, man. It makes me oh. feel like I said something funny when usually I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to hit the laugh track right there. That oh, was it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't get the button or the mic <laughs> stand Rim for shot. that matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when. When I think about my discipleship, um, my discipleship has been from a distance. I've never had what I consider a formal um, discipler, mm-hmm. someone who has discipled me. And I've learned um, virtually from a whole bunch of folks. You know, there have been uh, pastors and preachers and teachers in my life that have spoken to me, but there's never been a formal disciple relationship. Um, you know, I surround myself with people who I can learn from. Um, but you know, again, there hasn't been any formal discipleship. It's been me kind of driving that ship. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think that I find, um, I find that very similar to my experience in the past. Um, no particular person kind of like trying to figure it out on your own. I think, I think a lot of people can, uh, maybe you're listening and you can kind of relate to that, um, yeah, we're going to get into uh, some other questions here that might delve into that more, but right. um, we're going to kind of talk about why that's why we need people, why we need mentors, why we need to be mentors, why we need, to, like you said, have that be both the the Paul and have the Timothy and grow together, right? Right. Um, why, why that's such a good relationship. So, um, who is a disciple? Right. I think that's that's a good question. Um, it's one that maybe isn't so obvious, right? I almost think that it is obvious on some, okay. uh, some standpoint. So, um, in my mind, um, a disciple is a Christian. So once you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior, you know, um, then it, you are called to be a disciple. And I think that it's impossible to be a disciple without being a Christian but this may be a little bit controversial. I think it is also possible to be a Christian without being a disciple. Mm. Um, Delve into that. What is that? Yeah. So what I mean by that is uh, again, looking back at the example of Jesus and Peter, when he said, excuse me, when he said, 
um, follow me, learn from me. I think that there are Christians who do that. You know, the disciples will do that. They will learn from Jesus. They'll follow Jesus um, and they'll stay close to him. But I think that there are Christians who don't. There are Christians who, once they become a Christian, may learn the fundamentals, but they don't go any deeper into the scriptures. Mm. They don't delve into the doctrine. Um, so that on my view, they're very shallow Christians and infants in their faith. And I think that's a shame. Um, and that there are Christians too who may be walking in the scriptures, but then back off. So I think that closeness is lacking with a lot of Christians. Mm. Yeah. So to get into that kind of, um, you would say that it's not that they don't have a hunger to know more. It's maybe that they just haven't been shown that there is more. Um, from what's, Would you say that that's maybe true? Like, it's not like, you know, they're, they're just not hungry at all. They don't care about anything about God. Because obviously, if that, is a, if that is a real person, then that person is not a Christian. If they don't care at all about Christ, or to know Christ, or to, to grow in love for him, or to hate their own sin, it, you, you, would, you couldn't call them a Christian. Like, like with assurance, you know what I mean? Right. You could say they have a profession of faith, but you could not say that person is a Christian, and they couldn't say that right? with assurance. You know, interestingly, um, and I'm going to hopefully analogize this. So um, this past winter, a couple of weeks ago, honestly, here in Texas, which it's now 70-some degrees, mm-hmm. um, but a couple of weeks ago, it was 20 degrees or so. All right, so we have um, plants out front of our house, and those house or those plants are specifically bought for Texas weather. Texas weather was not kind to these plants. So um, watching those plants, you know, and my wife and I were just talking about this. She said, I hope those plants are okay. Well, how do you know if those plants are okay? When it's time, they should be growing. Mm. There should be life in them. So when you think about growth, when you think about the life, there should be evidence of that. And I think that if you're looking at Christians and there's no growth, if there's no signs of life, then I think that we have cause to say, I don't know, you know, is their salvation real? Are they really among the elect as some of our reformed yeah. friends would say? <laughs> what that means is a whole nother podcast. But, <laughs> yeah, um, so so I, I think that um, if they don't have a hunger, if they don't have a desire to be close to Christ, then I think that I would question that. But yeah. I know I don't know their hearts. You know, that's but their relationship is between them and God. All I know is what I can see. Well and and for me, I mean, I, I think that maybe maybe speaking for Grant too, I know it's kinda hard for Grant to get in here. Um Grant maybe in a second here we'll because it's Zoom, it's a little laggy and we kinda just start before he gets a chance to to say his thing. But you know, when when I was growing up, it's not like no one told me anything. And, you know, I call myself a Christian. I would, And even to the point where I was, you know, there was obviously this time in my life when I was younger, when I prayed the prayer, the sinner's prayer. Right. Called myself a Christian for years, never really cared about the faith, never really called myself. Like, maybe I would even call myself a disciple of Christ. But right. I really wasn't um, because I didn't love God. I didn't, I didn't understand the gospel. It didn't affect me. The Spirit didn't open my eyes to see the, my need for my, my sin. And caused me to to tremble before that um, that thought. Um, but whenever I started, like whenever I started getting serious, even then I still didn't know there was more. 
I just, I, I'd never been exposed to truth. Uh, not, not, not in the sense of like, I never heard the gospel before, but I had never been exposed to deepness before. Uh, like whenever I started getting into a lot of, a lot of other deeper theological things. And when I did start getting into that, what happened, and this is where I think a lot of people like what you just said, people who maybe call themselves Christians, they, they're not really, they don't really know anything about the deepness of it. Um, they just kind of know the, the face value Christianity. They're missing out on joy. They're missing out on this amazing God that they know this. Look, I think it was uh, Vody Bakum said, and look at that, I got his name right. You, just, you always got, <laughs> you did it. well. But Vody, he said something like, we're raising a generation of people who love Jesus with their hearts, but know nothing about him. You right. know, something along those lines. Right. And it's like, that's that was me. You know, I'd say I love Jesus. I didn't know him. And it wasn't until I started knowing him that my mind was blown. And I like there was a tangible joy in me that was stirred up by by getting to know him more and more. And especially as I was having conversations with you and Rachel Ayers. So, yeah, Grant, uh, what do you got to add to that? Because I know you got some stuff very similar. Yeah, I think having um, having a Paul, uh, to use the language Chris was using, um, is vitally important because then, you know, I'm you know, kind of sidetracked real quick. Um, I'm, I'm preparing a sermon for um, this next upcoming Sunday and uh, going through first John chapter two, uh, the first six verses. And at the beginning, it talks about how we have, um, you know, if we sin and, and we are truly in Christ, then we have, um, you know, the propitiation we have, you know, Christ as our mediator. Um, but if we don't know Christ, then we're going to not walk in, in that light. So essentially to, to flip that around saying, if someone is not walking in the light yet, they say, you know, Hey, I'm a Christian buddy, you know, <laughs> you, you almost can't call him a Christian. And, you know, if I know Chris, you were saying, you know, the, that their relationship is between them and God, but um, it kind of goes into, you know, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you know, chances are you got a duck buddy. So, uh, <laughs> Well, it's a duck. Talk about ducks. Well, it's anyway, it's a sad thing. He's been hovering over that button since oh, the dude, I, since I started talking. Yeah, <laughs> whatever he's going to say, I knew it was crap. coming up. Yeah, it was going to happen <laughs> one way or the other. Um, no, but I mean, I think that's that's important to where once you do have that assurance of faith, um, once once you are converted, once Christ does change your heart. Um, I think it's vitally important. One of the first things you should do aside from finding a healthy local church um, and finding a reformation study Bible is, <laughs> wow. to, is to find someone. For those that don't know, that's a, that's a poke at Chris a little bit. And that's a, well, yeah, that's a ESV reformation. So anyway, yeah, um, do you get yeah, kicks back, kickbacks for selling those or what's going on? Are no. you, it's wow. see, I wish I was because anyone I talk to that's like, Hey, do you know a good study Bible? I'm like, I actually know the best study Bible. Have you guys done a um, podcast on brainwashing, by the way? Why? <laughs> you know what? No good, reason. You know no brainwashers? reason. What did RC Sproul say we should do one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, getting back on track here, I think, no, I mean, aside from, you know, serving the local church, finding a, a good, I think a good study Bible, I think is a very helpful resource for a new believer. But I think one of the other most important things is finding someone to disciple you. Um, 
because if you just kind of read the Bible and interpret it for your own, um, that's where you, you know, that's, that's how cults are formed oftentimes. Um, not saying that if you're a new believer and you start reading the Bible and you get some things wrong, you're going to be a cult leader, but, but you're well on your way, son. You're well on your way. You are a step yeah. in the right direction, my friend. <laughs> it's so not, yeah, not I think finding happen. someone who is, who's very solid, very grounded, has been a believer for, for many, many years. Um, and just approach them and ask them, Hey, can you teach me? Can you disciple me? Essentially? Um, I think it's vitally important. And, um, you know, Josiah kind of was that person for me. I, I grew up in the church and everything. And uh, so I learned all the stories and everything. But once I became a true believer, you know, you know Josiah was the one to kind of take me under his wing and say, hey, let me show you this wonderful world of theology. And I was pretty, uh, I had a lot of pushback at first because I lumped uh, theology with a, with a word we shall not say. But, Calvinism. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> it's been said. <laughs> Well, Where's I mean, that duck again? <laughs> no, but yeah, I had a I lot of pushback, but once once I was really exposed to uh, theology and doctrine, which a lot of that coming from voice, then I kind of turned back to Josiah and was like, dude, like, what is all this? Like, help me out here, man. So, yeah, that, I think it's vitally important. That's a joy I think is a lot of Christians are missing out on. Because there is more below the surface. And you don't know that until you start scratching away at that. You know, until you start digging at that. And then you find out how much treasure is, is really in there. There's something for everything in there. Yeah, and you find out levels. you find out that you literally can't reach the end of, like, the bottom there of the no chest. There is no interest. Like, you see the, tre- the treasure chest sitting there, and you just literally keep digging and digging and finding these beautiful stones like these precious things you know that you're seeing about god and you realize like wow there is infinitely more of these things right. i i can never find the end of this treasure chest that's pretty crazy it know? is it absolutely is but and that goes to um the validity of the validity of the bible because you can't get that kind of deep richness without you know it being inspired the inspired word of god yeah because humans make things that humans can make sense of right you know and if if the scriptures were human just this simple human made uh concoction of myths or whatever you want to call them um it would be very and it's like we talked about the eternal uh, eternality of god you know these different religions they create their gods um and they're not that crazy like they just are very similar to them you know they're very easily explained they had a beginning or um, whatever the case may be, we don't understand what doesn't have a beginning. And so we, we, who would ever create something like that? It doesn't that, make sense. That's our experience. Yeah. Life, death, life, death, beginning, end. That's all we know. And for eternity to be placed on our heart, that points to a creator who is eternal. And so th- I think that's a good segue into the next question. You know, we're, we're talking about scriptures. We're talking about the validity of them, the power, the the never-ending source of, of knowledge and treasures, um, that are found in the word of God. So how do we disciple Chris? What would you say? Um, what is that? How, how do we do it? You know? Yeah. So when I think about that, I think about that in two different ways. Um, and, and I think that we use the word disciple in two different ways. And first of all, I need to be a disciple. You know, I can't disciple anyone unless you're, I'm a disciple. You're telling me Sage Chris Bennett. Oh, stop. Needs to be discipled. I do. 
I do. I need to be a disciple first, first and foremost. Because Max Valium himself needs to be discipled. Chris Chris uh, used to be a rapper back in the eighties. <laughs> His name is uh, Max Volume. Go check him out. Oh yeah, right. Um, yeah. Now you're going to send people down a YouTube hole <laughs> looking for somebody named Max Volume in the eighties, and they're not going to find anything. His Patreon page is up right now. He's uh... I am. <laughs> wow. Oh. All right. He's also an FBI agent. I didn't know that. FBI. No. Oh, a secret agent. Sorry. <laughs> There's no FBI. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to need the uh, the memory card that this is stored on. And <laughs> yeah, this is this is all going to be confiscated. So whatever we say right. from henceforth is, you know, we this might the last just, episode, yeah, guys. This is it. He this needs a, it. he needs a new witness protection name. Max yeah. Valium was his first one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you how, did how, ask. How do we disciple? How, how do we, we just. OK, thank you. <laughs> thank you for reining the sanity back in. Um. So how do we disciple? So we need to, first of all, um, think about it in two different ways. So I need to be a disciple. I need to, um, you know, like you going back to the example of Peter and Jesus, I need to learn from Jesus. And I do that by being in his word. Um, and then I, uh, and, and prayer, it's constant prayer. So I need that. And I also need to have influences outside of myself. Like Grant was saying, you know, I can't just look to interpret the Bible myself. We have a rich history of church leaders who have done a lot of the legwork uh, to help us have these deeper, richer understandings. So I think that we need to draw on that. Um, and then we need to pass it on. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm, that yeah. following me doesn't stop with me. Amen. That is not me. You know, the last thing you want to do is follow me. But if I'm following Christ, then follow me as I do that. So we need to bring other Christians along with us. Yeah, um, and uh, there's so many texts that 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 talk about this. Um, I think of Titus two four. It says it talks about younger women um, or uh, older women training younger women. Um, there's there's texts that show you know uh, train up a child in the way he should go. Right. right? Um, do not. What is it? Uh, where is it here? Just had it. Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, so there's this. There's a parenting aspect of discipleship. There's a, obviously we just said mothers and fathers here. Um, there's also, we go into like the regular, the body of Christ. Um, you have Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 commanded to train men to train others. Right. Um, in what Paul had taught him. Um, you know, so in what, and this is what it says in second Timothy two, two, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many faithful witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Right. Right. Um, and so then we have, uh, obviously in Matthew twenty eight twenty, um, Jesus commands them to teach everything. Um, go, go to all the Nathan, na- all the nation, Nathans, <laughs> go to all the, na- all the nations and, and, uh, teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Right. So there's 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 evidence there of correction and maybe some uncomfortable conversations, um, you know, because if you teach someone this is the way, obviously there's other ways that aren't. Right. And you may be doing those other ways. Um, and so there's uncomfortable conversations that are had in, in love and uh, in respect. And then we see in Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another and I mean, like encourage one another. Um, and it's like, it, it's a urgent, 
you know, encouragement, uh, encourage one another and exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitful deceitfulness of sin. Right. Don't allow your friends to be staying in sin. And you shouldn't expect, and I shouldn't expect as Christians who, who want to call themselves disciples, who are, who are being discipled by others to be comfortable in sin and not expect people to come and, and if you really want to call this church and want to call these people, um, people that love you, you can't expect them to be quiet while you're sinning, while you're outright sinning. You're actually um, doing them a disservice by yeah. staying quiet. Oh, it's terrible for them. You know, what, what, what is the end of sin, right? Right. <laughs> it's hell. It's hell, death, destruction. It's death. For eternity. Yeah, and so, and then Hebrews 10, 20, 24 to 25 goes right off that and consider and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Stirring up. I love that like right. idea, you know. Um, not neglecting to meet together, right? So uh, as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another um, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that adds, that begs the, the next question. Um, if you guys don't see the, the um, what we're doing here, you know, we're going the who, what, when, where, why type of deal. So where? Um, that, that, that verse right there asks the, or it, it, it says, do not neglect to meet. Um, so where does this take place? Where does discipleship take place? Yeah. So before we talk about the where, I, I want to add one thing to what you said. And, you know, when you talk about a couple of the examples that you read where mature women, older women are supposed to counsel younger women, mm-hmm. parents counsel their children. All of that's fantastic, but I think sometimes we get hung up and we look at an age thing Oh yeah, for discipleship, and it really shouldn't, you shouldn't look at it that way. You should look at it as a maturity thing. So you have younger Christians who are far more mature in the faith than a lot of the older ladies that are around them. For example, you know, and I'm thinking about Ms. Ayers, um, just a wonderful, wise woman who has a lot of knowledge, and if she goes into a Bible study with a lot of folks that have, you know, been Christians since, you know... Christ walk the earth, you know, then a lot of them are very shallow in their beliefs and shallow mm. in their understanding. And she can teach them a lot. You know, even though she's a quarter of their age, she still has a lot to offer. So yeah. I would encourage people not to get hum- hung up on an age thing. Look for their maturity in Christ. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah. Um, so where? Um, I think that's that gets into the church thing, right? Obviously, that's the answer. Um, but what does that look like? Is discipleship some formal thing um, that only takes place within the walls of a church? Um, what is it? What does that look like? Do you think? I think it it's almost infinite. You know, I that word's been bandied a, around a lot this infinite. weekend, but it is not infinite. But it's not confined to a formal um, every Wednesday night at the church. You and I are going to meet at. Between six and seven, we're going to go through, you know, First Timothy one, and then move on from there. Mm. Um, that's great to have that, but discipleship is so much more than that, and it can look at like a variety of different things. One of the things it could look like, especially in modern age, is what you guys are doing. This is discipleship for those who follow your podcast, for those who listen to your podcast. They're being discipled by you guys. You may you may know who they are. You may hear from them. They may put a comment or like or whatever on your podcast. You may not. But these people are being impacted by what you guys do here. And I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's not necessarily ideal for your primary, 
Right, I think yeah. your primary should be an in-person relationship with a mature believer. Why would you say that though? Because there's a lot of people that say, well, this is, this is good enough for me. You know, or, or there's those people that say, well, I can just go to church online. Um, right. I don't need to be around people. Um, they're more, you know, I'm, I'm not a people person. I'm not a really big, a big fan of the church right. uh, gathering or whatever. Right. So what do you say to those people who are like, Oh, I'll just listen and, Hey, I mean, that's pretty cool. If you think seeker starts worthy that I, I don't think that that is true thing, uh, right. a true thing to say. Um, so what would you say to those people who, who would, who would say that type of a, of a claim? Well, would you believe me if I told you that I had a great relationship with Tucker Carlson? <laughs> I mean, he's a Fox news guy. He's on every night. He's <laughs> in my home every night at 8 PM every night. We are solid, yeah. me and him. Mm. Would would you think that was great? Would you say, yeah, yeah, you guys are tight. He's a really good hairdo. Yeah, uh, not as good as mine. That is true. Yeah, and not a, not as nice of a beard either. Right. So my point in saying that is that yeah, I've got the the COVID beard. Deal with it. It's nice. I'm not, hey, I'm, <laughs> you got the reform beard, Chris. Oh, stop. Oh man, I would have a veil of shame. Um, for those of you that don't know, Chris is not, we don't agree on uh, soteriology. That's right, okay. Right. Because I know the truth. I read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if I were to tell you that I had a relationship with Tucker Carlson, you would rightly be skeptical of that. Right. Because he's in New York or California, wherever he is, but he's not in my home every night, even though he's on the TV screen. Mm. I can't have a relationship with the TV screen. We can't have a back and forth. He can't speak into my life specifically. Um, generally he can tell me what's going on in the world, but there's nothing he can do with me specifically. And I think that you miss that if you're only going virtual, if you're only, uh, it's one of the things why, you know, and I don't know what your guys's church looks like these days, but, um, there's a lot of mega churches that have a TV screen pastor. Mm. I think they try to work around that, but I just, for me, that rubs me wrong because I think that you can't have a real relationship your pastor can't speak into your life specifically. He can't be there and care for you and love you if he has no idea who you are. And I think as a disciple, you need to have a personal relationship. You need They need to know you as much as you know them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, the same way that, that me and Grant and, and our guests that come on can speak generally to people, you know, we aren't speaking directly to someone right now. Right. Um. We, we have an idea because of the things, the kind of things that we think are important um, and the kind of things that we've experienced um, in our Christian life of this is what some people may be dealing with. Right. This is a question maybe some people have. What is discipleship? Well, let's talk about that. Um, but as far as you, the listener, struggling with a, a particular sin, I can't know that. How can your pastor that's online know that? And how can they help you? Right. And how can Tucker Carlson... <laughs> guide you into, I don't know. Right. And the same thing goes for accountability. How can you help me be accountable if we don't have a relationship? Exactly. If, and you know, when it, when thinking about the where, um, the where shouldn't just, well, it, it can be a formal relationship, but having an informal relationship is really great too. Um, Josiah and I, uh, went to, uh, talked to a friend last night and it was about a half hour trip. So we had that whole half hour going and a half hour coming back to talk with one another. And when you use that time uh, to speak about higher things, I think there's discipleship that goes on there too. Yeah. 
So it doesn't have to be formal. It can be informal. I love can, that. You know, I think that's such a great thing. Maybe it's going and getting coffee with someone just Amen. chilling. Amen. You know, maybe it's, you know, they have a question. Hey, text me, you know, text me the question. Right. You know, we'll, we'll talk over right. text or maybe call me, you know, it doesn't have to be this big, long, like fill out a resume and I'll get back to you and, you know, four to six business days, you know, it's right. It doesn't have to be that. Um, it doesn't have to be inside the walls of the church. Uh, it should be happening inside the walls of the church. Don't get me wrong. It, it absolutely should. But the church should be intentional about setting that kind of opportunity up too. And I think that's missing in a lot of churches. And it's the pastor's job to train people to think like, like what we're talking about, like disciple mode, right? Like I want to have someone that's I'm, tr- I'm feeding and I want to have someone feeding me. Right. Um, that's not something you hear a lot. But last question, uh, I know we're, we're kind of getting on the long end here, but I've really enjoyed this, um, this conversation. This is the, one of the most important questions we could ask. Um, why, why should we even be talking about this? Why should we disciple people? Um, and why should we want to be discipled? Well, I would say the number one reason is we're told to. Christ told us to be disciples. You know, the Great Commission is not go out and save the world. It's make disciples. You know, this was the command that Jesus gave us. That's first and foremost, but it is the best way that we can know him, that we can love him, and we can glorify him, is obeying him and staying close to him and being in his word. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you got anything to add, Grant? No, I think that's I think that's great. I think it nails it on the head. And I mean... You know, there's a lot of things we see in scripture to where we're commanded to do certain things. And, you know, we try to kind of, I don't know if that's really for me, though. You know, it's, uh, I don't know if that, I think I was directed more towards just, just them in general. But no, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think Chris nailed it to where, yeah, I mean, it, Jesus tells us go and make disciples of all nations. So it's, it's not even so much as um, the, the new Christian or the young believer going up to the mature believer and saying, hey, I want you to disciple me, but I think it's also um, once those young believers become mature believers going out and, and seeking those younger believers or those new Christians or, or those ones who are just getting into um, maybe have a lot of questions about Christianity or discipleship and kind of taking them uh, under your wing and saying, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to just kind of walk with you, you know, through this book or, you know, I'd love to just meet up and talk and, and just kind of see where you're at sort of deal. Um, cause I think a lot of people do view discipleship as like, Oh, well, if, you know, if, uh, if Johnny boy comes and asks me if, you know, he asks me for my help, then yeah, I'll help him. But, um, I think it's, it's a matter of seeking out and, and saying, Hey, you know, I know you're new to the, to the faith. Let me help you if you'll let me, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing we need to actually be cognizant of is the fact that there are consequences of us not being discipled. Yeah. Like real ones. Um, I think that if we are not discipled, I mean, you think about it, you, you look at statistics for people who are, who are, who, first of all, who are a primary audience, like that's me and Grant's primary audience are the, the, the high schoolers, the, um, the college age kids and, and, even and generally those who are beginning in the faith um, and who maybe haven't heard these doctrine talked about in, in their churches, those are our audience. And what happens to about what is it? 
it's a super high number of people graduating high school and going into college. Right. The generally what the reason why they leave the church and don't even care about looking back is because there's nothing to, there's nothing there. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing to like, for instance, if you don't find joy in Christ, it's because you don't, you, you've never seen him in the, like, you've never seen him like that. You know what I mean? You haven't been shown him for some reason right? in that lighting, or maybe you just weren't paying attention. Like Christ is like the most worthy of enjoying. He's God and he, he calls us to have joy in him. Um, but I think the more we know him, the more we, we do have that joy in him. And I think if you don't have joy in God, why would you ever stay in Christianity? Right. Why? It's just a bunch of rules at that point. Right. Right. You know, and that is where I think most of the people who have left the church because of, um, because they didn't like it or didn't find what they were looking for when they were younger. I think that's why they weren't discipled. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it. And another part of it too is, um, Specifically, when you talk about high school kids going into college, um, they get outside of the um, the umbrella of their parents and their church, and they're away from that. And now they're exposed to professors who aren't uh, equipped with the same worldview. So they'll ask questions, difficult questions, and that student has no answers for it. When they go back and talk to those who that they love and trust and, and maybe should, should have been mentoring them and discipling them, um, they don't have the answers. Mm. And then they think, you know what, this whole thing is stupid. Well, they, you're I'm right. Wrong. Like, you know, and they, they address the student in, in the next level of education. Most right. of the time they address them very intellectually. Right. It's very. And that's appealing. It is. Especially when you've never heard it before. Yeah. You're treating me like an adult. And the problem is that Christianity is equally like it is so it it doesn't just have, um, you know, and not to make this. It's not it's not a cliche. Jesus loves us, but this Jesus loves me faith, you know, and it's this ooey gooey thing and it's like all emotions and vagueness. Right. And it doesn't ever uh, like, it doesn't ever attack your mind where it's like, whoa, I've never thought of that. Um, that is where a lot of people are, 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 in, I guess, encapsulated by right. the professor. Um, you're hugging you know, my you. heart, but you're not engaging my brain. Mm. And, and that's, only half the story. And it's also fleeting, you know, because there could be times when I don't feel that hug. So I'm just going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, before I forget, and I'm older than these two guys, so <laughs> I'm, I'm apt to forget these things. One of the things that Grant said, I think is exceptionally important. It's not only the leader, the church, the, the pastor, lead pastor's job to be intentional about setting up discipleship programs. It's in, We need to, as Christians, be intentional about finding someone to disciple us and someone to disciple. Yeah. I think that that's so important. And again, it's, it's an obligation that Christ puts on us. Um, and there was something else and I've forgotten. So, well, maybe it'll come back around. Yeah. Maybe it won't. Anything, anything else, Grant, anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I just want to add, um, I'm just curious as to when this is coming back. <laughs> you oh, guys, my word. <laughs> You got, uh, wow. you're lucky this isn't a video like, wow. stream. Gosh. Wow. You I'm, know, not even, I'm not even going to describe what we just witnessed. Yeah, I, That's fine. It was gonna, pure beauty. It was a thing of beauty. And, yeah, you know, when you actually, it in the show notes, it's worry. one thing to hear Max volume. It's another thing to see him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
You guys, all right, we're putting that picture in the show notes. Oh, sure. you better not. Oh, you better yeah. not. I'm going to find <laughs> whoever sent you that picture and torture them. <laughs> torture? Hey, yeah. he is Loki, like, for another agency we've never heard of. So I can make things happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Hey, well, it's been great. Um, it's been a real pleasure being able to sit here and do this. Uh, me and Grant have been talking about having you on for a long time. And, uh, you know, yeah. I just remember that last thing. You I know you're up. trying to cut go, me no, off. No, 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 go ahead. But um, one of the things that, again, Grant said that, that triggered this thought in my head, it, and you and I were talking just the other day about heresies and how similar they are to the truth. Mm. And I think unless you know the God's word, if you don't know Christ, then you are potentially worshiping a different God. Mm. And there's just very slight gradations before you end up in heresy. So I think that's why it's so important that we are disciples and that we disciple others to help them not to know God and to appreciate God and that we are worshiping the right God and not a false God of our own making. Yeah, I think that's really in the context of that. I think we were talking about like um, how people like the, the whole God is eternal thing, like the podcast me and Grant did um, about how God people make gods in their own image. Absolutely. And we try to explain away God and and try to make him to where he's perfectly contained in a human mind mm-hmm. um, and heresies that have arisen or false teachings that have um, occurred in church history are like modalism where God is. And it's it mo- like what we're, what we talked about in the car was mostly like Trinitarian heresies right. or heresies of the Trinity where, you know, modalism, you, you know, God's just, he's two or he's three. Uh, he's, he's like, he, he appears in three different uh, forms, right? Right. Or, or modes, you know, he's, he's like, like water. water. Yeah. He's like liquid. Uh, the Holy Spirit's like the mist, the steam, or he's frozen. He's ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so there's three different forms that that take place, um, and so they're not all. So, and then you have like tritheism. Well, there are three gods, and so and it's right. very easy to read the Bible and be like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And how most Christians, if they were to- taught that from the from the pulpit, they'd be like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense because it does because it literally like. It's easy for us to understand because it's it's something that man can un, it can wrap their minds around. Um, it's it's almost human, you know that you know. There's no we don't know anything that's three and one, right? It's yeah. not a thing, right? Job found out that that out the hard way. You you yeah. try to fit the <laughs> Almighty Creator of all things into our little human brains. It doesn't fit. Yeah. But we try. We try to squeeze it in there, and we come up with some really dumb things to do that. Everyone, Everyone's homework for the night. Go read Job 38 through 42. Amen. That's your homework. All right. But, yeah, that's that's really good. We um, we have to we have to be discipled. We have to know what we believe about Scripture. We need to learn it from somewhere. If you don't have somewhere, we would love to help you with that. Message us. Yo, we, would, we have a lot of resources, like, that we've um, – studied over the years and different things like that. Um, we can help you find a good church around you um, to the best of our ability. There's, there's different sites that you can look up um, and things like that. You need to be in a good church that's discipling you. That's has a serious focus on discipleship and you need to be trained how to do that, right. how to disciple others. Right. If I could add one thing to what you Absolutely. said, it, it's not just, it's equally important to know what you believe. It's equally important to know why you believe it. Yes, because a lot of people stop at the what you believe and they heard some pastor say it. They heard mom say it. They heard dad say it. They heard, you know, somebody else in their life say it. Yeah. 
they need to dig into that and they need to know why they believe it so that that idea becomes solid and it becomes theirs. Amen. Amen. Anything else, Grant? Last words? I think that's, uh, I think that's all I got, Chris. Thank you so much for, uh, or thank you for letting me join you. I don't know. We're in your, <laughs> we're in your house. Well, this is, he's, he's literally using your mic. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I the am. crazy part. You're using the mic. I just, I just <laughs> bought, I haven't even got to use it yet on the record. Oh, on I, the record. Should I feel bad about dropping it on the floor over there? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> well, this has been fun for me. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for Chris. having me. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time on Seeker Start. Peace. Seeker Start.